Hello, hello. So listening into us, either listening to the podcast um, on Spotify or Apple or coming at us on YouTube or coming at us on the website. It's Nathalie Lacombe here. Lovely to meet you. Um, your coach and Cupid in the fitness industry. Any information you want to have to, or you want to find about finding out more about what we do and how we showcase phenomenal fitness leaders, phenomenal fitness business owners, etc. You can find those in the show notes. And I have a very special guest today, uh, a dear friend, a colleague, somebody who I admire and I have the pleasure of working with in a few different ways fairly regularly. And I'm so spoiled to have that. An incredible fitness instructor, a wonderful educator, um, and a practicing physiotherapist that even I've had the benefit of getting some tips and tools from my dear friend, Sue Starcynic. Hello, Sue. Bonjour. Hello. Bonjour. Welcome in bed. Thank you. Thank you it's for having nice. me. I always like looking around. I'm like, oh, that's cute. I love that there's a window there. <laughs> I love that it's all of these things. So those of you that are actually watching and not just listening, get to see a little bit of where Sue is. We've got a couple of people joining us live today since we did the, the recording live. Um, and we are at mid-November. And um, Sue and I are talking a little bit about how your phenomenal 2021 has been. There's been so many challenging yet exciting things since 2020 that, that have happened for you big changes or adjustments i would say um in uh, yes. in your career a few things that have went uh, went through that you were one of the top three nominees for canfit pros fitness professional of the year congratulations to that thank about you that. and so tell me sue tell me i mean looking back to where we were and how everything changed for you in 2020 um tell me some of the key things that helped you get to where you are now i think one of the biggest things is probably social media so mm. if i take a big a big step back to how that all came to be uh, i never considered myself very good on social media at all I just muddled through and really just used social media to stay in touch with high school friends that I didn't see very often and, of mm. course, post the odd event. But I didn't really use it to my advantage. Obviously, if I had a training coming up, uh, I would post that there, but never really very strategically, especially when it comes to serving an audience. So then – and. Again, taking a step back, I've been a pro trainer for many years, for almost 10 years now, training aspiring fitness instructors. And um, I train out of a university facility, uh, McMaster University, and most of my clientele or my trainees would come from two places, either people who saw posters, yes, old school posters that I old posted school. Old school, <laughs> around that facility so that people who yeah. were there working out or there attending classes would be aware that there are trainings going on. Mm. And the other source of um, referrals that I got were instructors or people uh, who would send me participants. So it's mm. their participants who would come and up in the front row, have yeah. a conversation with an instructor and say, hey, how do I do what you do? And they would then direct them to me. So those were my two sources of 
uh, revenue, <laughs> right? Or of, um, or a participant. of sales, essentially. A participant, yes. yes. So yeah. then uh, come shutdown, pandemic, and that gym was locked down. So there were no posters to be seen. <laughs> there were no classes happening. So then there were no uh, referrals coming in from the outside, outside organization. And I had to find a way to keep getting, to get my message out there about mm. who I am and what I do. So in came social media and obviously it was kind of nice to have time to invest in that because since I wasn't running kids around to hockey rinks and whatnot. <laughs> uh, so uh, I did research really and I had to, I felt like I had to go back to the beginning and look first of all at why I'm doing what I'm doing, who mm. are my ideal clients, mm. who am I really going after, and then what message do I want to get out there? What do I want them to know about me? Mm-hmm. So that's how my content, how I planned my content. I thought, well, I want them to know that I'm going to make learning anatomy easy. I'm going to make learning anatomy fun. And that's where my reels fell in a place where that was an easy way to tell them, hey, there are tricks and I'm going to teach you those tricks, <laughs> right? Before so, we forget, Sue, yeah. you got to give us your Instagram handle because honestly, y'all got to check out Sue's reels. <laughs> this. So where do we find you on Instagram and see these reels, Sue? It's at Sue Starcynic, all one word. Fantastic. Yep. So my last name is a little complicated, but if you type Sue Star, then hopefully... I will turn up there. She so yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. I realized, and I finally, the other thing was that I finally realized that I enjoy making reels and it became fun. Yeah. It still is. I still think it's fun. So I, and it has to be fun to want to do it because it is mm-hmm. a fair bit of work, but that's where my Instagram came from. I followed uh, influencers. I did some research to, and there are all sorts of experts on Instagram, which is convenient who teach you how to make the most of um, how to make the most of your uh, your time there and your posts? Mm. And it's not really about, especially, uh, it's not about getting a big number. That I came to realize as well. Mm. It's not just about high numbers of followers because I have a very specific niche that I'm uh, looking for in that regard. Yeah. My real niche is I it, fitness instructors in general. I, I'd like people to know who I am and what I do. But in terms of participants, it's that front row, right? It's yeah. that front row of participants who are just about to take that step onto the stage. That's my niche. So I'm not going to get hundreds of thousands of followers, but I'm okay mm. with that. It's about uh, targeting those people and connecting with those people that um, really are into the fitness industry. And I love so how you went about it with that idea of just doing and saying like, it's a, it's not about getting a lot of people. It's about um, connecting with the right people and, and what you did, including your research, including figuring out what your niche was um, and including the content that you put out there. Again, you guys have a look. And this is where, cause what I love about Sue's brand is that it's not a, I am this and I'm that I'm a, you know, I'm a physiotherapist, but I also do this. It was about, how to put that into your brand and having a physiotherapist that can demystify and take away some of the stress around anatomy, around bioenergetics, around all of these things and really make it easy for people to see in a 60 second reel, for example, I think has done such, it's been really inspiring to a lot of different people in, you know, or even people who are still in the industry and being like, yeah, I forgot about that. It's nice to be able to reconnect that verbalization through demonstration and movement and everything else 
to help make it accessible was really interesting because you did. I mean, in doing that, you dove full fledged in going from employee to entrepreneur. Yes. And, and you dove in significantly. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So uh, prior to the pandemic, I was working as a physiotherapist in a private practice. So I was working for somebody else. Um, and my husband and I had or co-owned a clinic, although he's been running the clinic for many, many years because it's half an hour away in a community, in a community a bit further away uh, in Grimsby. So it's a little over 30 minutes to get there. And I needed to be close by for years. So when the kids were younger, I had to be around. Mm. I had to be close by uh, getting the kids off the bus or whatnot. But they're all teenagers now and they're older. Uh, then came the pandemic when everything shut down and I was working at home and we were doing, I was still working for the other clinic, but I was doing virtual care from home. We pivoted very quickly to virtual, which was mm -hmm. great. I loved serving my clients that way. I think we did our clients a lot of pay, uh, favors by serving them that way because we really empowered our clients right? Many people who mm. would come uh, to be fixed, <laughs> learned that there's actually a whole lot they can do to fix themselves. So I think that's why mm. I loved it so much personally is because I love to teach. I love to teach people how to take care of themselves. It's much so, more empowering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Good. But I also loved the convenience of being able to throw a load of laundry in at lunch. I, <laughs> I, I am a homebody and I just loved working from home. Mm. So I decided uh, in conversations with my husband that after we did go back to in-person that I still wanted to work from home. <laughs> so I became an entrepreneur. So we took a room in our home that had previously been the kids' playroom that they didn't need anymore. And we converted mm -hmm. that to my home office, which is just off the front door and beside a washroom, which is very convenient. Nice. And I now work from home. So I, I see clients here a couple days a week. And I also go into Grimsby one day a week, which is much more manageable now. And I also expanded on what we call in the physio business a special interest. So I had an interest in cancer rehab and treating lymphedema, which I was dabbling in before the pandemic at the other mm -hmm. clinic. But have being on my own, I was able to really dive into that make some connections in the community. And now that's, and I love it. And it's up about three quarters of what I do now is uh, cancer rehab. Mm -hmm. And I just love it. And, and so let's get into that a little bit, because there's so many people listening to us who have some passions, who have different interests, who have things like you said, that are dabbling in something. Um, but there's fear of going like, is there, I mean, that would feel really niche, almost scare almost to, um, you know it's almost scary how niche that would be and asking ourselves if you're able to do that or anything else and we've got a, we've got a few people who are listening in live i'm just reminding everybody if you want to pop in some questions for sue in the chat please feel free and i'll happily share those on your behalf um how do you so two questions one yes. how did you get over the fear of that of saying like well am i going to pigeonhole myself if i focus on something like that and two, I think part of what people struggle with is people like, how do I put all of this on a proverbial, but let's imagine it like on a business card. How can I do, how can you be a 
licensed physiotherapist that works mainly from home, one day a week in a clinic, really focused on those cancer patients and a fitness instructor. And you do some Instagram live and you do these kinds of things and you go back a little bit in person, those kinds of things. And you're a pro trainer that recruits and certifies people that would feel, um, or either overwhelming or not consolidatable for some people, but it's something that you've been able to do with your experience, with your passion. And again, diving in, how'd you get over that fear? How'd you make it work? I'll admit it was for sure. It was scary, mm. but in the beginning, perhaps I was not as busy as I would have been. One thing is being on my own. You don't need to see as many clients in a day. Right. Because your your my expenses are way lower working out of my home, for example. Uh, I don't have a, re a receptionist, although I recently hired uh, a receptionist and I call her Apple. She's my Apple watch. So she calls in my clients for me. Yeah. So I recently hired a receptionist. But, you know, working from home, I do everything myself. So my overhead is way down. My expenses are down. So mm. I really only needed a few to get started. But I was mm. quieter in the beginning, but I needed that. I needed mm. that time to make all those connections. I needed uh, time to uh, really prepare good handouts. I filmed some videos that now uh, I can send out to my clients when I first see them, just explaining, you know, what lymphedema is, what the lymphatic mm. system is, getting all my handouts prepared. And networking was a big part of this. My cancer, uh, people who come after cancer, I see people who develop complications after cancer, right? Mm. And we're getting so good at treating cancer that there are many survivors, but many of those survivors end up having complications. So uh, they're not necessarily all on social media. So those are live connections I had to make. So it was a lot of mm. phone calls, especially at that time, um, video calls, establishing those connections in the community where those people go. So for and example, yes. And so there's an mm. oncology nurse at, at uh, our cancer facility that I've gotten to know. She sends me clients, right? So mm. I've had to get to know her. Um, people who have lymphedema often have to wear compression garments. And so that's another source of referral back and forth where somebody might go to get fitted for a garment. They'll talk to their fitter who will say, you know, have you had any therapy for this to try to mm. reduce the size of the limb? So then there's referrals that go back and forth, but it was a lot of work initially to make all those connections. And I mm. needed that time. So that time making connections in the beginning just gradually blended into a, a busier schedule. Interesting. Yeah. And then I love how, how <laughs> you've talked about two different things. I love the concept of and, um, because I feel like sometimes we're looking for, as opposed to, or is what I mean by that. I feel like sometimes we're like, should on be on Facebook. And then it's everything's about Facebook and it's all about Facebook ads and everything's there. And there are people who claim that like, that's the source of things. Um, and then there's other people that are like, well, forget about it. I'm just going to do that. But you first started saying that where you went to, you dove deep into social media. You became really good at Instagram and it reels. And now you're saying, and there's this in-person, one-on-one trust building opportunity that needed to be done for the other clients. And therefore both can coexist. And I think for, for a lot of us, those of us, especially that have been doing this for a while, that our career maybe didn't start on social media. It feels like it can be like where everything needs to be. But there's also the the one-on-one -on -one type of connection. Like you said, whether it's a video call or an in-person thing, 
but that thing that's a little bit more personalized and having a presence of some kind on social media because I don't know about you, Sue, but I find sometimes when people ask me, when I ask them, I'm like, where did you find out about me? They'll name six different things. And I'm like, okay, but it's a question. That there's a magazine article and I watch it in bed and I did this and I did that. And there's a slew of other things, but you're present. So that's what I love about what you're doing is that you stay relevant, you stay present, you stay engaged. And, and I will say myself, because you and I have had conversations about this, you're constantly looking to learn and grow. And I think for most people, there's an opportunity and a desire to connect with people like that. I know it's what I find really attractive about you is that you're super knowledgeable and you're constantly seeking that development and growth for yourself in a lot of different ways. Well, is things are absolutely because things are constantly changing, right? Mm. Especially now things are changing and shifting and uh, in, a, in a good way. But uh, things have changed a fair bit, I think, with the pandemic, right? Mm. And it's really nice to also follow conferences. I love all these virtual conferences. I mean, I, I miss the in-person for sure. But a huge mm. benefit of all these virtual conferences is recordings. You don't have to miss anything. You know where there were mm. multiple sessions before offered at the I same know, time? I know. I love the recordings. Yeah, where after. you can go back and just catch it all and drink it all in and also be comforted by the fact that other people are seeing what I'm seeing when I go back to my live classes. Cause things have changed a lot there as well. Things have changed a lot there and it's a, and, and it's a, you know, there's, you're, you're looking for these opportunities and, and looking to, to grow and, and doing it, like you said, one step at a time and trusting that um, the, the skills will develop, the trust will develop um, and the business will develop when it comes to that. Cause for somebody who, Again, was an employee, both as an instructor, as well as a physiotherapist for now to all of that to be more entrepreneurial, I think is something that is um, phenomenal, which is still, you are still very much open to working with, um, working with the clubs and working in person and doing different things. It doesn't mean that you've left that behind. Because um, no. I do think that the entrepreneurial skills you have, Sue, are so relevant for yourself as well as anybody who would employ you when it comes to that. How do you manage the change? How do you manage the uncertainty um, for it to not feel like chaos, but to feel like something that you've got a little bit of control over it? What are some of your own ways to do that for yourself, for you to feel good with the constant change? We have so many opportunities right now. I, I've just noticed that there are opportunities everywhere. Mm. And uh, so there has been a little chaos for me. I'll have to say the chaos has come from saying yes to all my new things as well as saying yes to everything I did before. Oh. Right. So uh, I think that was where that's where I felt my chaos was, especially this fall as activities mm. ramped up, as everything wrapped up, all these classes I used to teach before came available and I wanted to take them back, you right? To say yes. So I wanted to say yes, say yes to everything. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. where I felt some chaos personally and where now I'm having to make some adjustments to figure out what am I going to hang on to? Because there's some of the things that have dropped off that I want to get back, right? Okay. Um, that I miss. So that's yeah. been the chaos for me was to 
take everything back and realize, hang on, <laughs> I can't take everything back. I want to stay more involved in my social media. And mm. yeah, so those, those changes, those are, those are all part, um, all that is part of learning to be an entrepreneur as well and adjusting yeah. to being a new business owner where I have to learn to delegate. I have to learn, as I was telling you before we went live that I'm just learning that I have the power to go on my schedule and block off a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> if I have a very busy day, I what? can go on and I can You're in charge on. of you? <laughs> I'm in charge of my schedule. So I'm, that's just something I'm still uh, learning to adjust to and it's yeah. coming. Yeah. So that's been and, the chaos. So as, yeah, as I go on yeah. in the fall, I'm going to have to really look at, I just find there's so many opportunities, corporate, this and the virtual thing has expanded our opportunities big time. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Matter of, Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, a matter of picking and, and choosing. Being, picking and choosing and, and understanding what, again, what your why is. And so going back to that, going back to some of the the, um, the things that you've learned, number one, you focus on your why so much. Um, and so we'll we'll pop that in as I, as I share this on social media. You guys go have a look um, as I share this on um, Facebook and on Instagram. Sue might be able to pop in her her book there for something if you guys want to know more about what her why is. But you go back to your why. I've always noticed you spend a lot of time reflecting on the brand, reflecting on what you want to do. And you have, and I'm, I imagine will continue to invest in coaching because you are one of those people that understand that coaches need coaches. Absolutely. And so you reach out to these people in the industry and you've built a really good network of, of um, you being a mentor for others and other people mentoring you and how that circle has brought you to these award-winning opportunities really that you've had. So um, it's, uh, it's really interesting to watch. And so I'm, I'm, I'll say that I'm super proud of everything that you did because it was a big, big change. Um, and I admire the way that you are building and continuously reinventing and rebuilding your career. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Aww, thank you. Tell me a little bit about now that you're looking back to 2021, what are some of the things that you're grateful for? What are some of the things that, that inspire you moving forward? What do you, seeing in the industry like you're saying you're seeing all these opportunities what do you see around you that um inspires you based on where the industry is going moving forward i'm re actually really excited about that because i have always been very focused perhaps it's the physio background um on the physicality on how fitness and exercise can help uh, People perform better in everyday lives, help improve mm. health. Um, I've all, I've never really been a big on focusing on aesthetic goals in classes. Mm. Um, if somebody would come up and ask me, you know, <laughs> how do I get arms like yours, <laughs> right? Uh, it, it was never really a passion of mine to help people get lean, nice-looking arms. Not that there's anything wrong with that or, like, I would I would always tell you what I do, but... I, I get so much more excited and lit up if somebody tells me I carried all my groceries in on one trip, mm. <laughs> right? And that, that's what gets me excited and that's what gets me lit up. So I am really excited about how the industry is shifting focus from aesthetics. Again, not that there's anything wrong with those goals. We know that aesthetic goals bring a lot of the people um, in front of us, right? Bring a lot of traditional to us. Traditionally, yes. yeah. But I'm really excited about the focus on health, 
health, mental health, and mm. performing well in everyday life, having stamina, having energy, mm. taking the stairs two at a time. I'm really excited about that. I'm mm. also really excited about helping the fitness industry feel more confident with respect to credibility, right? Mm. We were really hurt to mm. be considered um, not essential during mm -hmm. the pandemic. But when you look up, if you were to Google fitness or go in hashtag fitness, what you will find is sculpted biceps and booties. Well, mm -hmm. sculpted biceps and booties are not essential, right? But all these other things that we bring people are, right? Our ability as a fitness industry to help people uh, with their mental health and stay well physically and stay well mentally that is an essential part of what we do. So mm. I'm excited about how um, we can focus on that. I'm excited about training fitness professionals who feel really confident in their ability to help people live healthier lives. Mm. Well, uh, it's, uh, it's inspiring to help you, to hear you talk about how fitness is part of the solution. Um, and a big part of that is thanks to people like you who are an integral part of those solutions. And so thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Um, I'll put everything out there so you guys know where to find Sue, whether you're listening or watching to this. Thank you to those of you that joined us live. Um, and it'll be an absolute pleasure to see you in person one day. In the meantime, thrilled to be able to connect with you this way in bed and on virtual. Thank you so much for having me. Merci, mon ami. Merci. We'll see you soon. Bye, everybody. Have a great day. Have a great end of the year. Bye. <laughs>